There are days that define your story beyond your life. Welcome to 5-Minute Arrival. The podcast where we look at the film Arrival five minutes at a time. I'm Robert. I'm Sarah. Any questions? Where do they want? Where are they from? Why are they here? This is a priority. Our priority today, minutes 101 through 105, which began with Shang completing his statement. We cut off and changed my mind. So we are at the climax of the film, right? As he tells Louise, you're the reason for this unification, all because you reached out to me on my private number. And we talked a bit about the confusion here last time, because she shouldn't be asking this question. She might just be being polite, because she knows he doesn't understand. She says, your private number? General, I, I don't know your private number. So you think she knows how she knows it, but she's She should. It was only 18 and... months ago. Yeah. And it was kind of, you know, a big deal. It might even be something she wrote in her book, if she's already writing. Who knows? Or is it just a film error? It could be a film error, because there's nothing wrong with the dialogue, necessarily. But she says it, and she looks like she really doesn't know his number. Yeah. And yeah, so that would be an error. He holds out his phone to her and says, now you know. I do not claim to know how your mind works, but I believe it was important for you to see that. And then she asks another confused question. I called you, didn't I? And he says, yes, you did. And we cut back to the present. Yeah. One thing that I've been thinking about, not exactly sure to articulate, is how the film is focused on the individual in terms of, like, Louise being the heroine and, of course, America, like, knowing how to solve the conflict and be the heroes of the film. It's like the focus, well, it's her story, so it's her mind and her experiences changing over time. Yeah. Rather than, like, collectively, it doesn't seem like all the people watching all the news channels are really going to be changed unless and if they're an elite sitting in on one of her classes or something in the future. <laughs> so it's like the haptopod, the experience, like, did it really change humanity? Is the film just on, like, a very individualist maybe, level? Maybe tied, in, tied into the release of her book. Yeah. Is this really popular documentary that like it's it's like uh, an inconvenient truth where like everyone yeah. goes and watches it, yeah. and so everyone gets that inspiration? Or it... it's very like it's an American capitalist film because she has to she has to write the books, then she has to sell the books, then she has to then it's more distributed through like elite institutions. There'd be torrents of the like PDF. It. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> an EPUB for free. Yeah. Just thinking of what like the, the essay would be for capital, like Marxist theory <laughs> criticism of like <laughs> arrival. My my problem in this scene is more of the confusion because it feels like the directing or acting is more like an Father David's talking about Slaughterhouse Five, where it feels more like she's this isn't Louise eighteen months from now. Right. This is Louise eighteen in the present occupying louise in the future yes not her memories working as a more fluid thing but her jumping to that spot which then the conversation makes sense yes but then we have a whole other problem with how everything is explained or not explained in the in what's happening because then it's not about language it's more about her being near the aliens they altered her by doing something to her Let's think ultimately, is the film about language? Is it just a story about Louise with this kind of being well, the vehicle for this her is growth, the, Yeah, this or? is the segment where you have that conversation too, because I think it thinks it's about language. And for most of the film, it is. 
but a couple minor choices, just like the acting in this conversation, alter that just a little bit. Most people are just like, I don't know what happened to her. She can see the future now. Okay. And that's fine for most people. Is it just that the conceit or the concept or however you call it is too big? So it's impossible, like, is it possible to write accurately from a frame of the past, the present and the future all being the same reality? Yeah. Yeah. So it can't write itself without making errors. Well, it's a problem you have from, this is adapted from a short story. And then Eric Heisserer writes the script. And then you have Denis Villeneuve directing and then Amy Adams acting. Right. And so there's so many separate levels of choices that I think it got above them a little bit, especially when they yeah. had to add a plot right. <laughs> to a story that didn't have one. Because even the story in the script is not this. It's she knows what the aliens gave everyone in their 12 parts, their plans for different parts of a spaceship. She suddenly remembers from the future oh, this is what they gave you. And she's talking to like the different countries. Like, this is what yeah. they gave you. This is what they gave you. And what they gave us is the engine for it. Right. And they're all, they're all impressed because she knows this and understands it. And they just get over themselves. This has to be more overt because film. But then it makes it confusing because then actress, an actor, and more choices going on. And likely just your average viewer watching this once or twice who's not like breaking it down minute by minute and overanalyzing yes. everything is not these kind of things would just pass i think in average right because yeah. all every version of that is going to go slightly over the average film audience members head mm. and, and that's so, not in a condescending no like, no, that no. Over, that's, it's a good over um, their head it's yeah. where like they realize something cool just happened that they don't quite yeah. get so it didn't <laughs> matter how complicated it was once it got above them right so it works we're just different and then going through it in segments. So we got to call it and we got to notice these things. So in the present, Louise turns back toward the tents and she passes a table of landline phones, which is funny, that are all unplugged. So she can't use those. And she walks past a bunch of soldiers packing things up. And then she goes past a table where there's a satellite phone just left behind sitting there among all the other stuff. So she grabs it and leaves. And we cut to Halpern and some tech guy on a computer. And Halpern's saying, all right, let's shut down the system. And the guy says, sir, there's a sat line here dialing China. Halpern says, here? What do you mean here? And we go to Louise in the orange hallway. Come on, come on. Back to Halpern, says, whose phone is it? It's your phone, sir. Which is a great moment because he looks around like he's trying to think of where he left his phone. But the guy already told him it's somewhere. Halpern says, search base camp now. Find out who's using the phone and hold on to those coordinates. Yes, sir. Go to Louise. Come on, what do I say? What do I say? We get Ian coming back in as well. And Louise, come on. And I hate this line. I will never forget what you said, yes. by saying, yes. where they're trying to cut from one scene cleverly back to the... <laughs> well, it's even worse because in the film, they deliberately chose don't use subtitles for what she says. Mm. And so Shang saying, I will never forget what you said, is kind of silly. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'll never forget what you said, and the audience won't know, so it's fine. It's, it's like clunky dialogue. Yeah. And so in the present, we hear Shang's voice over the phone. He says, uh, I apologize for any pronunciation errors here. And if I say anything offensive by pronouncing it wrong, <laughs> Chinese is fun that way. Wei Shi Shei. He says, hi, who is it? He leans in and tells her, you told me my wife's dying words. And Louise says, uh, Jung Jun, which is general. Uh, there's soldiers coming. We see Louise again, framed in a doorway. 
And she says, oh, I don't think I even want to try to pronounce all of this. Yeah, probably don't. It's probably better for everyone. No offensive. What she says don't offensively in, it, in English is, INUS Camp General, you're, and this one's weird. This was written specifically for this scene. They actually went to Heisser and they said, we need to know what she says, yes. even though they decided not to have subtitles. She says, your wife gave me a dream, mm. which isn't accurate. I don't know why she says it. She continues. She says, we hear Shang say this, and then she repeats it. She says you should rely on wisdom, there's no and, courage. And Louise says, she says you should rely on wisdom and courage. And this is when the soldiers come in and says, we found the source of the phone call, it's in the clean room, we're waiting for instructions. Louise keeps talking, says, rely on courage, come help save world. And this is when Ian comes into the back of the clean room, or knocks at the door, and he's like, what are you doing? She lets him in. What are you doing? She says, changing someone's mind, can you buy me 20 seconds? So he gets between her and the soldiers after saying, we don't have time for this. He says, no, trust me. Buy me 20 seconds. Do you trust me? He says, okay, yeah. And Louise says, Zhang uh, which is war. And Halpern shows up and immediately points a gun at Louise, at Ian at least, and says, Dr. Banks, drop the phone now or we shoot. But she continues talking, says, war does not achievement. I'm pretty sure this is a translation error, not on my mm. part heroes but it's not achieve it doesn't it's supposed to translate as that war does not make heroes but it's the word for achievement it's a noun we get shang whispering to into her ear at the gala as halpern in the present says drop it ian says i'm sorry and louise just keeps talking on the phone says only will leave i guess it's the word for after it translates as under solitary child and widowed mother generally people translate this sentence as War doesn't make heroes, it makes widows and orphans. So, in the scene right here, does it feel jarring to you that essentially we have this set-up tension that's missing for most of the film? Yes. So it needs, like, a tense point, so they have to, like, corner her, make this phone call in this exact, well, it's like... it's like when the bomb was about seconds. to go off. It was a big climactic thing, and then it just went away. And this one, we're even closer to the end. We know this has to go away quickly. She has to solve this, and so yeah, Halpern has to point a gun at her and make it really urgent. And he has to be wrong. What he's wrong about is his next line. He says, you are committing an act of treason. She's not. 18 U.S. Code Section 2381, whoever owing allegiance to the United States levies war against them or adheres to their enemies, giving them aid and comfort within the United States or elsewhere is guilty of treason, and shall suffer death or shall be imprisoned not less than five years and fined under this title, but not less than $10,000 and shall be incapable of holding any office under the United States. Treason is the only crime defined by the Constitution. Hmm. And that's for a specific reason. Yes. Treason is when you act during war in favor of your enemies. This was a big deal during, like, the Revolution. And so they wanted to put this into the Constitution when it came about. She is not committing treason. At best, she would be committing sedition. Because we're not at war against the aliens. We're not at war against China. So it's not treason. But the audience has a bigger emotional reaction to the word treason than sedition, because a lot of yeah. <laughs> like so. Well, that's what they yeah. accuse like Trump of as well. Yeah. Technically, he um, has never committed treason, yeah. but he certainly has thing does things that are seditious. Yeah. Treason is a much more specific crime with a specific punishment. For much of the pre-revolutionary period in England, this is according to NBC News. The accusation was a means of suppressing political dissent. So you accuse someone of treason. It just means they're doing something against the king, which could be as trivial as contemplating a king's future death or speaking ill of the king. King Henry VIII even had two of his six wives executed for alleged adultery on the ground that such infidelity was of itself treason. 
To ensure that treason could not be co-opted for political or personal purposes, the Constitution's drafters not only defined it precisely, but also specified that no person shall be convicted of treason unless on the testimony of two witnesses to the same overt act or on confession in open court. And Article 3 of the Constitution also limits the punishment that can be inflicted even with a conviction. So we didn't want treason to be overused, and I guess the government doesn't overuse it, but the media and people do. It seems very cliche and trite. The thing his wife said? Like the actual line? Yeah, the actual line. I don't know. Okay, yes, it's trite. Like, war doesn't make heroes, it makes orphans and what else. Also somewhat true, although culturally I don't know, because you're talking about China and the U.S., which both have war heroes and stories, so they might disagree. More importantly to the plot, it's the fact that she knows what his wife told him. But also, yeah, I think it does matter. Even though they leave the subtitles out, I think it matters what his wife said. Because Louise is trying to talk him down from war. Yes. So, could she say something here that wasn't right? If it's going to be reduced to a soundbite or one sentence, probably not. In terms of communication or conflict theory, I mean, conflict styles would teach you that there are... The way we we respond to things should be situationally appropriate. I guess this would be a debate of whether the film or whether the audience is advocating for a completely pacifistic point of view. Yes. If we look at conflict styles, it's like, yes, should you try to collaborate? Of course, collaboration is typically held in conflict theory as the goal that we'd aspire to. But also there are times where accommodation would be appropriate. There are times where avoidance is even the best thing to do. There are times where fighting or approaching the conflict head on like shark style would also be appropriate. If you're in a burning building, you don't sit there and negotiate and collaborate with people about the best thing to do. You just get people the hell out of there. I don't know. So anyways, the film just setting up like or advocating for this pacifistic worldview where then america is like the good guy heroes because we've always been so pacifistic and it's up to us to communicate with these chinese people (laughs) in their language because if we speak to them in their language then they're gonna understand why they just need to be pacifistic like we know best and can i not do movies by minutes because the longer the time i have with a film (laughs) my critic just comes out and i end up hating everything ever i actually while you were saying that, came around to a weird sort of in-its-favor thought. What if Shang's doing exactly what the aliens wanted him to? What do you mean? Well, we don't know what they said to him, but, like, <clears throat> they told Louise and Ian, like, use weapon, right? And they didn't right. know how to translate that. Maybe they gave that, whatever, however they phrased it, they phrased it to Shang, basically saying, go to war. Because they knew him doing this would cause, the, like is the thing that sets this chain of events in place and their this is their their long game is he had to try to attack them so that everyone else would freak out and Louise would have to make this phone call. That doesn't help with the whole pacifism thing yeah. in the US stuff. Which, but <laughs> Which still begs the whole question of if everything that already that's going to happen already happened. What's happened's happened. <laughs> why do they have to try? Like it's just gonna Kids, you tried your best and you failed miserably. The lesson is Never try. It's trying the right word. It's just going to happen anyway. So Do or do not. There is no yeah. try. Do. And then, but then. Or do not. Along with. There is no try. Yeah, that question of like the U.S. has to talk down China because China is so horrible. 
we then get a little, yeah, a little condescending doing it in their language because he clearly speaks English. Right. That's what I was thinking too. I'm like, he is a leader. Anyone in China who's like a leader, a high level business person, like they know English. Mm -hmm. They're not like us. We don't bother to learn anyone's language, but. You know what might have worked <laughs> better here is if she's, the whole conversation was English, but she said his wife's dying words in Chinese. Yeah. Like, because just to let him know, no, I know exactly what she said. Because then you also get tr translation problems like the first time they used Chagia in Lost. And mm -hmm. I was like, that's not what that means. Because like they just got married and they call it, he's like Chagia and they translate it in the subtitles as Mrs. I forget their last name now. But Mrs. This and Mr. This. And like they're not calling each other Mr. and Mrs. It just is, it's a, translates as like dear. Like they could have called them like before they got married. It's not a marriage term. Anyway, because that's going to come up again in a second because... In the present, Halpern says, drop it. Louise holds up her phone, says, it's done. I'm done. Then we get Louise at the gala, seeming like now she remembers what happened 18 months ago, because she smiles. <laughs> and it goes with like that displaced in time thing more than the memory, which is fine if it's consistent. We don't know how consistent that is. But then we hear Shang say, CJ, CJ, which just translates as essentially world or the world, I guess. Which is a weird note to end on because the last thing he said wasn't about saving the world that was like three sentences ago that she said and so i think it comes down to like he should have been repeating something from what the wife said because that's right. what he told her the rest he didn't tell her he wasn't saying we go save the world she was uh i don't it, but then we go to the news so it doesn't yeah. matter lots of news so many news of course. I lost track of how many screens are actually were on the, at the end, because most of them we couldn't hear. Oh, yeah, and they just start overlapping on top of each other, yeah. and I don't think we're supposed to count. There are many, many... I did number some, the ones that actually say things. Of course, the first news saying, communications blackout from all 12 landing sites continues mm -hmm. this evening. The two questions on everyone's mind, what's happening now? And, and of course, when the when mass media doesn't know, they just present many sensationalist headlines and alternatives. Yes, their headline for... <laughs> is peace talks stall. I'm not sure there were any peace talks mm. at this point. They happened at the UN what, a couple days ago or whenever that was. Chang went there. And then I like the news too. There's a possibility of, hold on, we're just hearing. Yes, this just in because yeah. the news spends a lot of time promising they're about to give us news. Um, and at the same time, what they call breaking news is often like for hours, days, sometimes consists of nothing new or relevant at all. Uh, meanwhile, their headlines are Alien Crisis Day 28, Military Action Inevitable, Communication Among Nations at a Standstill. They say this, it cuts to breaking news, China statement, PLA chief declares end to hostility. So that was actually pretty good. Their Chiron's more up to date than they are. Yeah. And then the third one says, I'm being told we're going to cut this report to tell you breaking news. China has declared... This has latest updates, world markets in freefall. News 4, China has called an emergency press conference. This is all eyes on Shanghai as their headline. The next one says General Shang, Commander-in-Chief of the People's Liberation Army, has announced an emergency press conference that China is standing down. The next one, I don't know what they say, and we don't really hear them very well, but the headline is in Arabic, says concerns in Khartoum. So it's a station from about the situation in Sudan. Then the next one, I put as number seven. China is stating that all intelligence they have received will be shared immediately with all other landing sites. Yes, and Louise, because of her heroic, quote-unquote, treasonous phone call, she single-handedly stops the international crisis. America is good. 
we have civilized and taught the other nations the truth, and now they've acquiesced to the rugged individualist Americanism who, because of her plucky spirit, has resolved the conflict. Yay. I think with the script version where she knows, just already remembers what all of their stuff is, so you might as well share it, that does fit plucky. This is just like, was she plucky or lucky? And then we get a HTN news. It's something Russian, too small to, I couldn't scan it and translate it, so I don't know what it says, because it's really small on the screen. The ninth one says, scientists from around the world are sifting through information received from the UK, Japan, Sierra Leone, and Venezuela, other countries, blah, 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 it trails off. And I like that cool shot of the many news networks all fading into each other visually and just becoming white noise, because that's pretty much what it is. (laughs) Well, yeah, because they're all telling this, trying to tell the same story. Nations being data share, worldwide scientific cooperation, underway is their headlines. Two more news sound bites before it kind of gets all blended together. Breaking news, the Russian armed forces are now revealing the information they've acquired from both of their landing sites and have declared the Black Sea landing site a demilitarized zone. Then another one's... Uh, where i lost count also confirming it to be one of the 12 pieces of this puzzle that is being slowly put together i will point out there's a mistake the screen at the bottom center right has the exact same chiron as the sixth screen does but there's at the end there's like 20 or more things so that's not that bad just one of them was wrong and the last one said china's fleet to withdraw and then we get a series of shots of shells rising into the air the first the one off the coast of shanghai then we get the shell in, I put these in quotes because you can really only guess at a couple of these, but based on the locations they've shown. The shell in the Sudan rising, the shell in Siberia rising, and the shell in the Black Sea rising. Yeah, I like the really cool shots here of mm. the disc ships leaving with the, the gray clouds and the gray water. It's all very close to like black and white. It's really cool. And then going from clouds and water to passing over cityscapes. The ships themselves, with their egg-like shapes, it's like almost emblematic of new life, like coming from this ominous, gassy form of cloud and water mm. into cityscape. They look like cells. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's like they look an like egg. blood it's cells. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was thinking eggs in a shell, and I'm like, they don't really look like no, no, that. no. I I'm thinking, tweet. yeah, yeah. So we get a shot from above of the Black Sea one rising, a cloud forming around the top of it, and it's hard to tell in these last few seconds here, but you'll be more obvious in the next segment. The shell starts to dissipate into the cloud. And then we get another shell doing the same. The shell over Marique, Venezuela. And then that same one from below as it dissipates into the clouds. And that's where this segment ends. So the ships aren't leaving. They're ceasing to exist, essentially. Because that's what the aliens do. That's why why their war effort was silly. (laughs) That's what she should have said. You know you can't beat them, right? Wow. So I guess that really was the climax of the film. We have... Two episodes left of this show, which is basically falling action and then mostly credits. Well, so. and we, we get to know, well, we we have enough information to figure out the whole Hannah situation so far, but yeah, that's where the story has to end because that's what it is. This original story, the story of your yes. life, the, your, the titular your is Hannah. She's telling Hannah's story. And so, yeah, we get to that and we get to the credits. It's, it's, it's all downhill. No, no. Yeah, that just happened. Thank you for listening. Follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at 5 Minute Arrival. Or go to lemmingdrops.com for links.
used to think this was the beginning of your story.